0: This is another episode of More Score. Breton, Vivian, the composer of Yellowstone and 1883. Thank you for uh, for joining. I'm excited to chat a little bit about. I mean, this has been quite a a roller coaster ride, I guess, in the last, especially the last few months, with 1883 really taking off. Mm. But uh, it's great to speak with you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, yeah, it's been a wild one. Uh, um, Got to got to see all uh, the the sort of Countryside of America and, you know, go back in time, you know, nowadays. And so, yeah, it's great.
0: Did we meet at any point while we were interviewing Brian for? I think so. Yeah, Spins? very briefly. Yeah. We yeah. must have. We must have. Because I know. So your your background, we'll get into a little bit. But I know you've been working with Brian for a few years, right?
1: Yeah. I think I started. God, when did I start? Like 2016, I think. Okay.
0: Yeah. I
1: was, uh, I, I was an assistant for him for a while. And then, um, you know, as things go, as things get busy and you, you want to sort of help out here and there and you end up, uh, you know, having to help out with some of the writing. And, you know, from there he, he sort of decided that he wanted to do you know Yellowstone with me and felt that I would be a great fit for it. And um, so that's really how it began uh, with me and him.
0: That's great, and so I think twenty sixteen that would probably put us after we interviewed Brian for the documentary, the score documentary, but then I think we did a podcast episode with Brian, maybe, so you yeah, were probably, yeah, probably i mean that that would have been probably around season one of Yellowstone somewhere in there it probably, yeah,
1: probably was something
0: uh okay that all right um so uh I want to ask you a little bit about your background because um. I you know, you, there's so many things I want to ask you, but let's start out with, um, now that you're really kind of coming into your own as a composer on some, you know, some pretty big show like 1883 is like a serious, uh, yeah. you know, limited series, I guess, but, um, but it is, you know, fantastic. And the, the music is fantastic. Um, so can you walk me through where your journey into music began and, and where you were too, cause I'm hearing an accent and I've saw that you may have some ties to Australia or maybe yeah, in the yeah. UK walk me through your, your background there. Yeah.
1: So I, um, I, 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 was born in Australia. Uh, I lived there for only three years when I, um, I then moved to Hong Kong, lived there for about eight years.
0: And Why then is that? Uh, parents or something.
1: Yeah. My parents, uh, jobs just took them out there. My, my dad okay. was an architect at the time and, um, there was opportunity out there really. And then we moved to England and this time it was for my, my job. She was at the time was an executive producer, uh, doing television.
0: She wanted to transition
1: out of, she was a foreign correspondent, but she wanted to transition out of that into more, um, uh, factual TV documentaries and stuff like that. And so that's what took us to, to England. Um, and so, yeah, my. The start of my music was my music career was doing bands. I was, I was a guitarist and uh, was playing a lot of uh, hardcore bands, metal bands, indie bands, that kind of thing. And this um, is in the UK? Yeah, this is the okay. UK. Um, I, yeah, whilst I was ha- doing that, I always loved classical film music. That was always in the background, basically, at that time. Um, I don't know, I, I kind of got sick of, you know, My guitarist showing up hungover, late, and you know, second guitarist in that, and like the band members not being really into it and passionate about it, and so eventually, film music sort of and classical music kind of took over and became much more of an interest for me.
0: And so, how how did those take over though? Because that's not just a very, I mean, that's not an obvious uh, transition from playing in a band with people maybe who sometimes don't show up or whatever. It's the life of a band uh, into film music.
1: I, I, it was just always that. I always loved it and would listen to it. And I think for a while, like I just thought there was some sort of, um, you had to be some sort of virtuosic, you know, composer at a young age to do it. And actually uh, as I learned more about it, I realized actually, you know, I, I can follow that path and kind of try and, uh, yeah, forge a career out of it, really. And so that's when I, I guess I decided, you know, well, I, I'd rather do that than, than, you know, play in a band and try and, you know, try and get people going to gigs. Especially at that time, no one was going to see gigs anymore. It was all becoming club cl- clubs oh, right. and, like, that sort of stuff. So a lot of venues
0: shut down. and um, But, yeah. What was what were the first steps then once you say, you know what, I'm going to explore this other Avenue. Mm. I mean, this is not an industry that you can just immediately say, all right, cool. Now I'm a composer. Hey, directors call me up. I'm available. You know, what what are the first steps toward uh, trying to kind of, you know, become more serious, I guess about composing.
1: Yeah. So I, at that time I was sort of, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, I I kind (laughs) of,
0: yeah, I kind of,
1: well, I emailed like universities uh, around there that I knew had a film department. And I said, I'll, you know, if any of your students want a composer, I'd love to do that. And that got me a few, uh, that got me in the door of writing for short films, uh, student films, stuff like that. And uh, also trying to, I, would ha- I was living in Brighton at the time and I'd head up to, to London and, you know, I have coffee meetings with other composers that are more established and producers and people like that. Um, and was able to get a bit of work through that, but I think, and what then, I mean I that's really,
0: really like the scrappy beginnings of this too, which is just laying, yeah. laying some groundwork and maybe starting, you know, hoping. I mean, a lot of it's hoping probably there's probably a lot of meetings that you had that were very unfruitful that didn't lead to something, but just laying that groundwork for maybe building out a little bit of a network.
1: Yeah. And it was very slow, like, and tough, you know, because there's so many people wanting to do it. And I think at, at that time, I felt like I had never really been solidly trained in film composition, I had, you know, I used to do Bach cadences and in, in music theory and things like that. So I knew that kind of traditional side of things, but that's what led me into applying for USC, the, the film scoring program out there that a lot of people over here have been through. Um, and yeah, sure enough, I got in and um, my girlfriend at the time, we just decided, let's just get married, uh, sell all our stuff and just move over. And that's what we... That's what we
0: did. And that's what led me out to, to the States. Where in time is this? What year is this? This is 2014. Okay. So 2014 then, and you go through this program, um, that, you know, in the USC program, we've talked about it before, but you know, the, the kind of purpose of this is to fast track a lot of musical minded people into the mm-hmm. way that composers work. And also, To introduce you into the real working world of this and find internships and, you know, kind of apprenticeships with different composers. Is that what led you then to Brian?
1: Yes. So I, um, it's sort of convoluted way. I, I did kind of, uh, interning with a student who was from USC and he, uh, just to, as a way of thing, saying thanks, he wanted to get me an interview with this other composer uh, called Tony Morales. And Tony Morales, you know, we got on. Um, he ended up going with someone else, but said to me, oh, Brian's looking for someone. And so he said, oh, can I put your name forward to Brian? And I I said, yeah. And sure enough, you know, I got I got the gig with Brian. So it's sort of a roundabout way, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess that's kind of hard why, how it's difficult to give advice on people and, you know, what route to take because, I don't know, for me, it was such such a random chance event that led me into get working for Brian.
0: What is the process like as a, you know, a student meeting then with a composer, you know, hey, I'm looking for some help with this, this and this what is kind of that first meeting? Like, what are the, are, like, are you talking about musical interests specifically things that you like, or is it more of like, you know, I'll I'm going to bust my ass and make sure that, you know, this sounds as cool as I can possibly as best as I can do.
1: Is this, are you talking for a system work?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. The first steps in kind of the professional world, you know, once you're, you're, you start working with someone who's a little bit more established Um, Mm. And, you know, in Brian's case, obviously he's doing some big movies, you know, like Mm -hmm, it's a pretty good size movies. So I'm curious kind of what the role is that you first come in as, and then kind of what the, the short-term vision is, you know, what happens in a few weeks from now, a few months from now, potentially a few years from now.
1: Yeah. So I think with the interview, we, you know, a lot of it was about, you know, the technical aspects of what I knew and the, the, you know, things like V pro or like what rig I use, have I used pro tools? Got it. Yeah. And then eventually it took, we spoke a lot about, you know, musical influences and things like that. And I think that's really where we sort of connected because we, we liked a lot of the same stuff. and um, But yeah, once I got the job, it was uh, first few weeks was just learning everything because I feel like every composer has their own unique kind of workflow. And so it was really trying to get to grips with that and he's pro tools i am I'm, I'm a logic writer and so i i sort of needed to learn how to um i, I knew pro tools but i needed to learn how he worked with pro tools and what his setup was like and then we ended up um moving his whole studio so that was a <laughs> that ended up uh me being able to learn a lot more about what his rig was like because we oh, that's interesting. ended up setting the whole thing up. Yeah. yeah. You have
0: to build it all again. Cause I, he was in, you know, yeah, exactly. I think before, right. I think that's where we interviewed yeah, yeah. him before you probably came on and yeah then, and then he moved, but, um mm-hmm. but yeah, you have to un- undo everything and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then assemble it again. So were you actually the person who was responsible, at least partially responsible for getting all of that stuff you know assembled again at the new location
1: i was but it was mainly uh mike miller this um amazing composer as well uh he he was really spearheading you know how it was going to be because it was already set up how they were uh like the blueprints for how they were going to set up the actual studio sure okay i was just more learning and like helping him feed cables through you know, uh, ducks and things like that, and figuring out you know how to set everything up, basically. So yeah.
0: So that basically gives you the landscape, I guess, of uh, or maybe the kind of the geography of what then the software will allow you to do. I mean, I would imagine. I'm 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 I guess asking a question, but in what way do you think setting that stuff up? opened maybe <laughs> your your ideas of what maybe some of the the applications could be when it came to actually assembling music. Mm.
1: Yeah, it definitely I think a lot of it ends up applying to my own system and also it helps me know cuz his his scale is such a grand scale and I think well I know I definitely wasn't at that point in my career but I knew that you know as things progress I knew what things I would need to to buy and to, to increase the the capabilities of my own studio. So I think it, it helped in a lot in that regard uh, to see like a big picture and then take little pieces from that and apply it to my own.
0: What was the first film that you worked on there that you actually felt like you had a little, a little part of?
1: Huh. A little part of. I think The Mummy. Mm-hmm. The Mummy was such a big there was so much music and it was such a big, yeah, it was such a big um, project and it really was just, I, I think it was the first time that, you know, I was trusted to be able to, you know, do a lot of work on and, and help them out a lot more. And um, yeah, it was definitely all hands on back at that point. Um, and yeah, yeah, I've said the money.
0: What is the experience like to every composer? Well, most composers want to, and definitely most assistants want to be able to venture out and basically become their own composer and take the projects that they take and kind of you know be able to take on that creative vision, um, mm. kind of under their own umbrella instead of being mm-hmm. part of another studio. I know you've now kind of ventured out and you're you're working on other projects solo on this as well, but um, mm. but I am curious about kind of the, you know, when you're in the middle of working on and maybe being a little bit more involved in, in projects, uh, you know, month after month or, or even over a couple of years, are you thinking consciously, oh man, I wonder like, should I be reaching out to people and saying, Hey, I want to go score. I love this idea for a show that I hear you're working on. I'd love to score it. Or yeah, you know, I'm thinking, mm. cause you were very proactive when it comes to you know, meeting people in the UK and, Mm. um, and saying, Hey, let's have a meeting. Hey, you need some music for your short films, whatever it is. Mm. But does that work in Hollywood once you're in LA here?
1: I think it does. I think for me, it was more about when I was working for Brian, that was sort of, I felt like that was an amazing opportunity because I was getting to work on these big films and get all these credits and, and things like that. So I think I was very much focused in that regard. I think what ended up happening was I helped out Brian with the piece and I recorded myself playing guitar. And I think that was the thing that really uh made Brian take interest in in really? my music was yeah, because I think um I don't know. If it's, I think it felt like something kind of unique and something that I guess not many people were doing at the time. And so I I think that's what made him think that maybe, you know, Yellowstone would be a good fit for the both of us because, you know, it's kind of that, it's not too far from that world, like of guitars and, and things like that. And um, even though we weren't trying to be very, country west sort of style thing but i think it was sort of i i I think it was the thing that made him you know uh you know believe that maybe that i would be the a good person for that and i think also because a lot of it is ends up being mock-ups and so if if you're able to take it out of the mock-ups and and just add a little bit of i don't know yourself playing or somebody else playing it it it's of yeah yeah, it changes it a bit, and so I think, and especially when you know, there's going to be projects where the budgets aren't as big, and so you you want to inject some life into it as much as you can, really. And I say I, I think it was that kind of um, that kind of thing that made him, you know, interested. Yeah.
0: How does that conversation happen then with Brian when he says, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm thinking about um, bringing you on, maybe, and if you're interested in, you know," does he say co-composing or kind of what is the, what's the conversation that happens with something? Are you even aware that there is a show that needs music at this point? Or is it kind of like, Hey, Breton, why don't you come on in and let's chat about, you know, maybe some opportunity. How does that unfold?
1: It's literally just that, you know, you just sort of shows me the project. And, you know, we start talking about ideas, uh, bouncing around sort of different styles and, and talking about music and things like that. And that's really where it comes, you know? Um, Yeah. It's, it's very, I had to use the word, but organic. It's, it's sort of, it happens very like free-flowingly sort of thing.
0: So Taylor Sheridan has kind of been building his own empire. He has a couple of these shows. Uh, Yellowstone obviously has gotten a lot of acclaim. 1883, which is prequel um limited series i think is are there plans to expand that do we know i don't know if it's been announced maybe i shouldn't ask you i have no <laughs> idea yeah. okay you don't know me. um but uh but both of these are obviously you know i mean the closest genre that we can think that we would describe these as is western yellowstone very literally but um 1883 also there's there's um i mean this is i mean it, there's a rich cinematic history of of uh the western and a lot of it is because it was cheap to produce you know back decades ago but there's been a little bit of a resurgence here and especially in some of the westerns that are really done well you know like Mm. there's there's this world that feels like it's not just kind of empty space but like there are things happening here like this is a this Mm. is a place that's a lot more than just you know the wild west um so i'm curious about you mentioned seeing a lot of um A lot of the u.s and uh i'm curious about how you try to kind of orient yourself with what the sound is of you know a prairie and the you know kind of the old west like that what what is it that you where do you start
1: Mm. so i think well firstly we didn't want to go down the obvious wild west route so I, i guess in in terms of like well, not to do, That was sort of a good place to start. I Which think, is
0: like what Morricone kind of like the spaghetti yeah, western thing, and I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that you know you don't want to do a cliché type type thing. Um, I I think the big thing that really sort of got the sound going was this idea of you know bringing in all these sort of instruments that and cultures from from Europe that would travel over to America and, and kind of, you know, intermingle and, and build a a style through that. I think we wanted to kind of take it from that route, that kind of idea. And, um, and so a lot of it was based around key instruments. And so like the Greek bouzouki was one of them, um, which I guess in a way that is kind of doing the, the Western guitar style, but sort of, taking a different spin on it making a bit, you know, like I was saying, like a bit more like the immigration of instruments going through. Um, I know there's, there's Greek, Rizuki and Irish music and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and also like mandolins and, um, yeah. And a lot of the folk music, uh, as well just kind of felt natural as like this new starting point for a for a western
0: one of the things that i've always um appreciated about brian is he writes melodies very well um and mm. it's fun to hear the direction that he'll take something in film um and kind of the melody that, that comes out of that if if the director is is uh is game for that Um, Mm. I'm curious about your take on that and the way that kind of, you know, a melody can function in a story or should Mm. function, or if the director allows you free reign, free roam. what, uh, what was your, what's your natural inclination and how to, you know, bring in something else, I guess, in the music that, that feels a little bit more like a character. Um, so I think like, well,
1: Yellowstone has tons of themes in it. And so I think it sort of works in that regard because everyone's like, there's such big characters and I feel like they deserve their own kind of identity within the the music. And so, and it's fun with that kind of regard because you get to play with it in in very much in the typical kind of film scorey way. Um, I think in in terms of Yellowstone, the, the really the the unique instruments become like kind of textural it's like kind of world building in a way that you're sort of setting it because melody a melody can be played anyway you know it can play with an orchestra it can be played on a on a mandolin or anything like that but i think the it's those signature instruments that kind of take it apart from other scores and, and sets it in its own world and I mean, that's what I love about film scoring—is it's it's really world building. You're, you're kind of building this universe sonically within within the show or the film or the game, and I think um, that's what I find fascinating about it.
0: Is there you mentioned you know a lot of the different themes? Um, how do you see those connecting when you're kind of laying out you know the big picture of a storyline and intersecting? Mm-hmm uh, musical thoughts, are they all part of the same kind of, are they all written in the same key so that they can work together? Like what's the kind of pre-planning that goes into let's build out, you know, a little bit of the relationships here and maybe down the line, we know something will happen. So we want to start to weave together a couple, you know, musical ideas so that they can pay off later. But how do you think about that big picture in like managing kind of the character of so many musical ideas?
1: Yeah. Well, so um, a big part of Yellowstone, the, the main theme, and also with 1883, like the main themes tend to be that big picture kind of macro level of looking at. So you you wouldn't really bring it out all the time. It's those special situations that, you know, warrant such a, uh, a macro bird's eye view, look at the narrative. And some... Yeah some of the themes are, are built literally built from the main theme um, some depending on the character and what their behaviors are like like yeah Jamie from from Yellowstone has this very I don't know his his character's very kind of dramatic and 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 so his theme goes more to this romantic kind of side so in, th- in that regard, like it was his character that was influencing the the theme there. Um, with with Casey this season, am I allowed spoilers? I don't even know. Like spoilers for this season? <laughs> yeah, is it, is yeah, right? I think you right. can. <laughs> We've warned <Okay>.
0: everyone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Um, it's so well worth the watch. He,
0: so yeah. <laughs> yeah, he
1: so he goes through this whole vision quest and kind of the. The the theme for that was all about that kind of journey for him, and it's it's so distinct for his his journey that you know even the music is kind of is kind of falling in
0: on itself almost as he's like traveling yeah. down in this you know vision. Um, what there's a couple thoughts I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I. I'm involved in a project that is a little bit more it's country but it's more modern you know it's a little more modern country music oriented than than old west but um but there is a conversation and a a lot of i think this happens probably a lot with musicians and film composers about the role of the orchestra in Mm. storytelling that is of a certain era or it's a little bit more you know it's The Western is a great example of this or something that's out on a prairie, you know, like a smaller, more personal story, maybe a more intimate story and the role that an orchestra should play or whether it even fits, you know, some Mm. some of the story. And I'm curious because I tend to come out on the side of there's always a way to use an orchestra, you know, Um, (laughs) and and if someone's going to have a budget for an orchestra, hell, yeah, we'll find a way to make this sound really cool. But. I'm interested in kind of your perspective on that too is just bringing the cinematic quality to something that maybe is that very personal story and maybe can feel more sparse. Is there room for an orchestra?
1: I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's the story you're wanting to tell really. Like that's, I don't know for me, that's, that's up to the filmmaker and and just what, what their story is really. And I mean, like uh, there's ways to do it where it's like, you know, it doesn't feel like orchestra. It sort of feels like you know, having these sort of solo instruments, signature instruments that are at the forefront and then you have like a bed of of orchestra behind. Um so, you know, I think yeah, definitely I personally I think like I love it when there's orchestra, but you know, if 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 that's not the, the story that the director wants to tell then Well, in in the
0: hypothetical of if someone says, Hey, if you want an orchestra, go for it and also Mm. we'll pay for it. And also, you know, so free reign here, Breton. Um, (laughs) is there any scenario that you can think of where you wouldn't want an orchestra? Where you would say, Well, you know what, I think the story doesn't doesn't need that, or is that always kind of like a palette that's useful? I don't know. I mean, I
1: personally, I love it. Like, so yeah. I mean, that's why I got into it. But you know, if again, like, I feel if it, if it doesn't need it, it doesn't need it. Or if it if it needs less, or if it needs kind of an orchestra that's disguised a bit, that sort of sounds more synth based. Or you right. know, I I feel like there's always you know there's always ways to tell a story, and so it's just picking that right one really.
0: Well, I've been thinking about, you know, the examples that there's like a breaking bad approach, right? Where it's not really something that's melodic. It gives you a texture. It gives you kind of a rhythm. It might give a little bit of an anxiety, but it doesn't really have the emotional push and pull that, you know, something that is more orchestral might versus like Carter Burwell in Fargo Mm -hmm. or something, you Mm -hmm. know, another crime story and, you know, a little bit more of a comedy, I guess, but these like long strings, big sweeping kind of sound that, um, that does give like a very, um, it, it elevates in a really, in a way that I love, like stylistically that I personally love. And I get that Mm -hmm. a lot from 1883 too, is it feels like there's an elevation that's happening on purpose. And like, this is more than, you know a little story this even though maybe it you know doesn't affect the fate of the world but it does affect the people that we're meeting in the story and Mm -hmm. um and that is the world to them so like there's a there's a way to bring all of that up how did you want to use uh orchestral elements in 1883 to try to you know achieve something as part of the storytelling there
1: yeah i mean there are yeah I think with 1883, there's a lot of these, like, grand sweeping shots and, and also, like you are saying, big, like, overarching narratives that I feel like the big sort of string orchestra really sort of, uh, you know, married well with. Um, but then there are moments where it just gets really sort of personal and and minute and... I think those times it just sort of felt better to just kind of let smaller instruments tell a tell the story um and so that was definitely the approach like and I, I think there's a certain versatility about that way of scoring is you, you can make if you have those moments that you you get smaller and more personal it makes it can make the bigger moments really hit harder and and so it's just sort of a a, another tool you can use when you're trying to tell the story really
0: what is next for your career that you can speak about
1: um so i well i don't know how to answer that
0: (laughs) we always we always have to say well okay that you can speak about um do you have any any feature films lined up now anything like that that maybe we should be looking for your name no i'm just honestly i'm just taking a break and gearing up for the for the next season
1: got it just trying to just calm down and like you know relax and sort of yeah recharge the creative batteries
0: what um is there a musical itch that you're you want to scratch on the next project. Cause all these musical ideas often will come up with a composer, especially someone working on a show that has like a defined palette. And now you're working on, you know, Yellowstone, even 1883 or something of that family are, you know, there, there is a palette to those. Is there something outside of that, that you're aching, maybe going back to your UK band days that you're aching to bring in? i honestly i
1: i'm easy going like as long as i get an opportunity to be you know creative and just mess around with different ideas i'm I'm good you know
0: breton thank you so much um everyone needs to check out yellowstone and 1883 they're fantastic uh soundtracks i think are out everywhere Mm -hmm. pretty much right i mean you can stream them i think um so thank you so much this was fun thanks so much